podcast has to do with the security challenges facing Europe and not least the European Union and how one should respond to them. In this context, of course, the issue of the Swedish presidency, the rotating presidency during the first half of 2023 is a topical question. And uh, pictures from Kiruna, one of the northernmost cities of Sweden, are currently cabled out by more than 70 journalists accompanying the entire European Commission visiting this northern city of Sweden. It's meeting the entire Swedish government up there, and it's trying to get a new idea, not only of the challenges facing the Arctic, but also the enormous potential of relevance to strategic me- when it comes to strategic metals, space exploration, etc. Just a few days there was ago, there was a major conference in Salen, in mid-Sweden, in the mountains, a, a winter resort, uh, where the, almost the entire Swedish uh, security elite was uh, gathered together uh, with the um, NATO Secretary General, uh, Sakur, and the Finnish uh, Foreign Minister, um, to discuss uh, the security and defense challenges for Sweden. I listened, not least, to the Commissioner for Internal Security and Migration at this conference on the importance of how the EU should respond to security challenges. Commissioner Ilva Johansson has in the last couple of years developed from having been a mainstream Swedish social democratic politician with a focus on issues such as labor into an enthusiastic proponent for a serious EU role in crisis response, internal security, and of course uh, uh, being a strong uh, leader in terms of responding to the Ukraine crisis. She lamented in her intervention the initial lack of willingness of member states to entrust the EU with important responsibilities at the beginning of the pandemic. But things got better, and in the end, the EU was actually doing things in terms of procuring vaccines, etc., which could hardly be seen as typical EU competences in the framework of the Lisbon Treaty. During this process, the Commission worked in alert mode, in crisis mode, with taskings being made in the morning and often reported in the evening the same day. Enormous common resources were mobilized and important decisions were made in record time. In parallel, crisis awareness was enhanced and the willingness to really act during crisis was multiplied, which came to be extremely important once the Ukraine crisis again was underway uh, after having been a serious preoccupation of the EU already almost 10 years ago. This time, through the unprovoked Russian massive aggression against this country and indirectly against Europe with massive migration flows, massive destruction, etc. What this means in terms of extending EU competences to the maximum is perhaps best illustrated through the evolution of the so-called African Peace Facility into the European Peace Facility. What initially was intended to be a way to support the African Union in its peacekeeping functions through training and non-military equipment, has developed into a major budget line, off-budget line. Support to Ukraine has been delivered through the member states of actual military equipment already during 2022, amounting to more than 3 billion euros, and this is now being increased with another 2 billion euros. This illustrates the well-known notion that when in crisis, the European Council, with, with its heads of state and government, are often willing and able to do things which could not have been imagined before the crisis. For a long time, the United States and NATO were reluctant to endorse this capability. But, as was announced during the Salem conference, the EU-NATO is now enhancing its cooperative agreement, which is already 
at this point uh, covers more than 70 different areas. And it is also a fact of a priority uh, for the Swedish uh, presidency. The EU is already now seen as a major catalyst for realizing also NATO priorities, particularly in a wider security context. Much of the competences in terms of security are dealt with under the leadership of the European Commission and its presidency, which already is a major development since the Lisbon Treaty, which foresaw a much bigger role for the Council, its permanent president, and for the High Representative, who has a hybrid position being both vice president of the Commission, but also responding to Council directives, and with a separate administration, the so-called External Action Service. As could be seen during the recent French rotating presidency, um, it is possible also for a rotating presidency in this new setup to take initiative. And France did, supporting the creation of the so-called strategic compass, the most important external security strategy of the Union at the present time, something which Sweden now also has a role to follow up. It is therefore not unimportant that the Swedish Prime Minister at Salen spoke about Sweden as a security contributor to the EU, and a core one, in fact, and spoke about the overall priority of Ukraine during the Swedish presidency. This is, of course, this constitutes a major challenge, given the fact that the government is newly established and only now is underway to organize its National Security Council, a new institution in a sense, in the Prime Minister's office with a new National Security Advisor directly reporting to the Prime Minister. At the same time, a major reorganization of the foreign ministry has been made at the beginning of the year, putting together a number of the departments in the Ministry of Relevance to Euro-Atlantic Security under one head. But beyond this, it is notable, notable that many other departments also are part of this coordination effort already inside the foreign ministry, not to mention all the other ministries uh, in one way or another relating uh, to the Ukraine effort. This includes, by the way, uh, what is being done in terms of development policy. So the coordination that needs to be un undertaken both on the part of Sweden itself and inside Sweden and in Sweden as EU presidency are enormous. Thousands of meetings are going to be chaired by Sweden in the EU during the coming six months and more than 100 meetings are going to take place in Sweden itself. In parallel, Sweden is managing several crises affecting it, it, the own, our country and preparing for NATO accession as well as moving ahead towards almost doubling the defense budget in the coming three years and re-establishing an almost non-existing uh, civil defense. It is therefore not a surprise, at least not to me, when the social democratic columnist Anders Lindberg at the end of the conference, in one of the final comments, uh, stated what was the obvious, namely that uh, a major issue is not only money, it is indeed uh, people. Uh, the question of personnel, how to train, how to procure, how to mobilize all the expertise and all the, the people that are necessary to uh, do all this work in the short to medium to long term. Foreign Minister Billström, former Deputy Speaker of the Parliament, made a statement at the security conference in Salem linking Swedish national interest uh, with a united and strong EU. He promised to do everything possible to promote an active and united policy on the part of the EU to counter Russian aggression and support Ukraine um, as an attack of, on the European security order and the cooperation that has of conciliation and peace that has uh, been developed between the peoples of Europe. He said, said that Sweden will push for the EU to continue to stand up for international law and the rules-based world order, 
and um, mentioned the extensive work uh, on implementing and developing sanctions, which also will continue the, during the Swedish presidency. Sweden promises to seek to ensure the best possible conditions for the new military operation, uh, which uh, the EU is setting up, for the training of Ukraine armed forces. The security reform work will also continue through the civilian effort, uh, where Sweden is one, the EUAM, where Sweden is one of the largest personnel contributors. So Sweden will push for accountability for war crimes committed during Russia's aggression against Ukraine. And he spoke not only about the need uh, for supporting Europe, uh, Ukraine in order to win the war, but also to win the peace, which will include the greatest possible support in terms of political, economic, military and humanitarian needs. He stressed the importance of the process of getting closer to the EU, including responding to the ambitions of Ukraine, Moldova and Georgia to become members of the Union. And in this context also mentioned the importance of uh, integration in the Western uh, Balkans. The EU is important for Sweden and um, this has been uh, stressed uh, by not only him but also by the Prime Minister. Um, and it has an importance not only directly towards Sweden, but also in the transatlantic community. And uh, this importance is enhanced by, through the broad, important toolbox of the EU. So he wants to help to strengthen the EU's role as a global security actor and push for the implementation of the goals of the strategic compass. He also mentions crisis, civilian crisis management. He, needs, he mentions hybrid and uh, cyber threats cooperation with NATO, um, and the importance of technology, as illustrated during the, uh, during the Kirina visit, uh, the importance of strategic metals, semiconductors, etc. In terms of trade policy, he mentions the fact that, of course, you need an open and sustainable external trade policy, but you also have to avoid uh, being naive. You have to manage flows uh, to reduce uh, vulnerabilities when it comes to supply chains, etc., all of this determination, cohesion and unity this demonstrated at Salen and on the international level uh, during the Commissioner's visit to Kiruna can of course not hide the fact that there will also be an important domestic discourse going on throughout the presidency and beyond on the competences that should be given to the European Union in the short to medium term on security. One of uh, the European parliament, uh, parliamentarians from Sweden, Sara Schütterdal, Christian Democrat, uh, took up the issue, for instance, of defense equipment procurement and the, uh, the role of the defense industry inside the Union, uh, where there so far has been strong support in the Europe Swedish Parliament for uh, retaining uh, uh, national competences in this area, but where the need for more effective uh, and less fragmented defense industry in Europe is also highlighted. In Sweden, uh, one of the issues uh, when it comes to uh, working together with other countries, which is mostly well known to the public, is of course the issue of future Swedish aircraft production in Sweden and um, the fact that uh, Sweden uh, has its own uh, main aircraft, whereas uh, its uh, um, neighboring states are procuring F-35 from the United States. But there is also, as I said, a European dimension to this, the question whether more uh, more effort should be made in order to give the EU competences to reduce fragmentation of defense industry effort. Um, so this podcast has been produced by me, Lars Eklundin, as a member of the Royal Swedish Academy of War Sciences. We have been working over the last years to promote more security awareness, more coherent Swedish security and defense policy, 
more willingness to pay our uh, insurance premium in terms of security and defense and uh, promoting more leadership and uh, analysis of security policy, promoting more lessons learned, work, etc., etc. We are are happy to see, of course, my colleagues who have particularly worked on civil defense, the fact that there has now been realization of our proposal for a special dedicated minister for civil defense in Sweden. And there are many other proposals that have been discussed and made in our books, which you can see on the Academy website, kkrva.se. Thanks for listening in.